0: Hello once again everyone, I'm Craig DeGeorge And welcome to another outstanding presentation from Colisee Video Bringing you the best in the World Wrestling Federation This no exception, Volume 13, the best of the WWF Featuring some outstanding matches From Television City in Hollywood The following wrestling exhibition requires
1: discretionary viewer participation
2: hello everyone and welcome to another exciting edition of gfa live i am your host peter winston i'm gonna waste no time bringing in my guest my co-host my compadre at this time a man who celebrates all the high holy days literally i might add with an emphasis on one of those words mr keithy langston how are you
1: shalom peter shalom
2: how's your how's your 5781 starting out
1: Oh, it's fabulous, I think. You know, I mean, so far, well, so far, so, I don't know. Actually, that's a hard, hard question to ask. Ask me that maybe, when, would you say 5781? Ask me when 5782 rolls around.
2: Okay. Well, I, I was gonna say, uh, somebody, somebody wish, said, uh, Sheva Tovar, and I thought it was an outfield prospect for the Mets. But, uh, I don't, I don't know.
1: Uh, think- no, but, no, but speaking of <laughs> Sheva Tovar- <laughs> Just so, just let, let anyone think I'm Jewish. I am not Jewish. I was raised Catholic, uh, you know, until I reached the age of reason, and then I, um, you know, whatever. But uh, I do celebrate most of the high holidays, as Peter said, yes.
2: I. Yeah, but you don't have a Pope John Paul the first rookie card like I have.
1: So. No, I don't, and I am jealous of that. I wonder what the, I. Wonder, you should get that graded by Beckett and see what they come back <laughs>
2: Do they? Do they have a magazine where, like that? That would be great if they had a trading card magazine and it was like the same as the Bo Jackson picture, where he's got like the the football shoulder pads and the baseball bat over his shoulder, but instead it's like Pope John the Twenty Third. Mm.
1: You know, if you want, I could get you a I could get you a Pope John Paul is dead uh, newspaper for nine ninety nine. I mean, that might be worth something. You can make a little shrine.
2: <laughs> you mean you mean? You mean a newspaper from
1: 1978? Yes. Maybe we should do that, yes.
2: You mean the full paper or just, like, the opening page? Because I want to, like, turn to, like, page 17B and find out what the meat sales were at the deli. I mean, I'm
1: sure this looks like I can get you on Amazon – not Amazon, on eBay. I can get you an actual The News World New York final, 20 cents. Pope John Paul is dead. His hmm. reign only lasted 32 days. (laughs)
2: He's the William right Henry the, Harrison of Popes. Yes.
1: And right on the front they <laughs> I died in thirty days. And right on the front it already it's already put publishing his um conspiracy theory. It says dies in his sleep of a heart attack. And we all know he was poisoned.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was <laughs> under some under some very mysterious circumstances. Of course, you know, the Russians stood accused of doing something like that, but if they had known what the next guy was gonna help due to them he, they they probably would have left well enough alone but anyway today we're, we're, we're talking papal conspiracies actually we're talking best <laughs> of the world wrestling federation or the world wrestling federation as some people call it volume number 13 the 44th video from coliseum video and mm. my 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 source for this, there's actually two different versions of this video. And I'm glad that I looked up which one was which, because one of them is the original Coliseum video with the music, and the other one is the one from WWE twenty four seven. Do you do you remember that? Do you remember twenty four seven, Keithy? I
1: do. I, I liked twenty four I think twenty four seven used to do the that was where they did the original Monday Night Wars, I believe.
2: Yes, and they used to have superstars and challenge on there, and now inexplicably you can't have that on the WWE Network because apparently we haven't been good enough as a society, mm. you know. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna go right to it. And speaking of music, right off the bat we get again not the classic Coliseum video music. It's much more eighties, and we're gonna get that sax. You, you gotta wait for it. <laughs> I'm bobbing my head.
1: Oh, it's, as am I. Yeah.
2: With the cube rotating around, yeah. with all like mid '80s house shows, this, and
1: this music sounds oddly familiar.
2: Yeah. I, what is it?
1: I, I believe this is the theme to the WWF WrestleMania game that came out for the uh, Nintendo.
2: You mean like the menu theme?
1: Yeah, it's the menu theme for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is that Ken Res? No, that's not. Oh,
2: no, it's Res- Craig DeGeorge. It's, <laughs> it's the it's other
1: Craig boy. George. Yeah, Craig DeGeorge. Look at him go with the Coliseum posters in the background. It looks like that. Looks like the corner of Avenue Video on Broadway in Malden.
2: <laughs> I, I that's a that's certainly a reference that's going to speak to our entire audience. <laughs> Why is Johnny V dressed up like little Stephen Van Zandt? <laughs>
1: He's about to he's about to whack a guy. Where's Steven Van Zant right there? And Bobby Heenan.
2: I can't remember his. Uh, oh, he's uh, he's Silvio. Silvio
1: Silvio Dante.
2: Why is Silvio Dante hosting Best of WWF Volume Thirteen? No, 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 that's Steven,
1: No, it's Steven Van Zant because if it was it's it's little Steven. because if it was Silvio Dante, he'd have a wig on. What is that? That is that is a what? Is, he's got like a, a a pink a pink headband, but he's got a black tuxedo on. With, oh, again, he's telling us he's from New York, because you yes. can see he has a New York, He has one on his one lapel he has New York, and then the other lapel looks like a New York with a Statue of Liberty on it.
2: Well, he, he comes with an address label already written on him, like, just, York, just send me to New York, New York, yes. And if he's lucky, he won't end up on uh, Staten Island. Mm. It's, it's... Okay. Craig DeGeorge, uh, uh, this is a very odd setup they have here with the two managers, Heenan and... Johnny V along with Craig DeGeorge in what appears to be like an alternate of the primetime studio.
1: It looks like the corner of a video store that I grew yes. up going to. That's what it looks like. <laughs> but yeah.
2: I like that poster behind them that just says wrestling at the bottom.
1: <laughs> yeah. where It looks like, what do we got? Hogan, Paul Orndorff,
2: Morocco. Morocco. I think I saw Steamboat in there as well. Yeah. I gotta say, the OVB podcast has ruined Craig DeGeorge for me, because all I can think about is him talking about Matilda. (laughs) That's literally the only topic. Like, when I hear his voice, it used to be, every time I would see Craig DeGeorge, all I would ever think about is, the this poor fucker had laryngitis during WrestleMania 4, and they made him do all of the extra Coliseum stuff when he could barely talk. So we go right to the first match, which is a very interesting tag team, of Hulk Hogan and Coco Beware, taking on the Honky Tonk Man and Kamala from June 2nd, 1987, in Buffalo, New York.
1: And I like that it said it was a special dark match. Like, just informing, you know, trying to let all the, the, the smarks know that it was a dark match at this TV taping.
2: Yeah, it was su- the Superstars taping, Kim Chi. Uh, Kim
1: Chi getting a little atomic, atomic knee drop. What I liked is Hogan was coming out doing the Birdman. Yeah. That was kind of cool. Like, you know... Was, was Coco beware? Was this proto-Mega Powers? Is that what this was supposed to be?
2: Well, I, I guess this explains why Coco ended up teaming with Hogan at Survivor Series 88. Ding. There oh, I go look again.
1: At look at him. He's ripping the shirt. Ding. He's ripping the shirt. Coco ripped the shirt like Hogan.
2: Yeah, Coco was, Coco was plenty charismatic in his own right. I mean, may, sure. maybe not to that weird, weird, outsized Hogan level, but...
1: That's a WWF Hall of Fame you're talking about right here. Are we going to have this inset box like the entire time? That's kind of annoying. I
2: I hope not. I I do not like pop-up video Johnny V edition.
1: No, I I much prefer pop-up video um, Gorilla Monsoon.
2: The original match here was supposed to be Hogan and Jake versus Honky and Kamala, but Jake was i believe suspended for drugs i think around this time
1: yeah that's this a good that, that's a very safe assumption to make
2: <laughs> with J- with jake at drugs yeah i could yeah. do the i could do the 2 plus 2 with that and i think th- this is when the rockers were hired and they raised hell and got fired because they were just not tolerating any shit for that period of time it looks like they got rid of that uh, box where we get normal commentary with yeah. Craig the odd team of Craig DeGeorge and Bruno San Martino. I was
1: just gonna say we lost the inset box of Johnny V and we gained the audio audio vox of Bruno San Martino.
2: <laughs> what kind of training Craig DeGeorge got when he came into the World Wrestling Federation in terms of play by play because we, we all remember Sean Mooney and they just kind of threw him on shows with Lord Alfred Hayes right away, like WrestleFest and like yeah. MSG or maybe not MSG, but like, I know he does like Boston Garden shows, but it's like, I don't, I don't know what Craig George's career was before the WWF. I know that after he's been a, he's been a host down in Miami, like hosting like uh, Miami Marlins games, but outside of that, I don't know what he did before.
1: And so you so I wonder if um, I wonder what the training the training program is for what would be for WWF. Or WWE employees, like let's think about this. Do you think they shadow at somebody? Like, do you think Michael Cole is in charge of writing, like you know, uh, standard operating procedures on how to how to do commentating? I mean, we've seen the we've seen the things you're not supposed to say and the things you're supposed to say. You know, don't refer to them as wrestlers. Make sure you plug the website. Make sure you plug the network. But I mean, do you think there is some kind of a training?
2: Do you think what yes. back then? Yeah, uh, I think I think Cole kind of runs that entire that entire shop because he's been fully indoctrinated into the ways and they they trust him to carry it out. Now, back in these days, they were just just pair guys with Lord Alfred Hayes. and say, Oh,
1: you think Lord Al was the trainer? Because, I mean, that would be pretty good. Like, if we got into our DeLorean and went back to 1987, like, are we listening to, you know, did Craig DeGeorge have to, like, sit with Lord Al for a couple of days and learn play-by-play? You don't think Gorilla would have done that?
2: (laughs) Or Vince? (laughs) You know, I, I'm not sure, but I know that Lord Al was paired with Mooney and with Shivani to kind of indoctrinate them. I mean, obviously, Shivani was an established product by that point, but he had to do things a certain way when he jumps over. See, there's Jake. He's at ringside, so maybe he wasn't suspended for drugs yet because they let him be at ringside. So long as he's not dealing to the people in the front row, uh, they'll let him stay. No,
1: he is. <laughs> He's not dealing to the front row. He's scoring from the front row. Uh, big difference. Oh, there's Master Fuji out there.
2: Well, yeah, he's with Kamala. Kamala has got two managers.
1: What I like, is food. it looks like Fuji has on the Demolition makeup.
2: Well, yeah, because Demoli- he's he's their manager at this point. So I, those are two guys. What's What's he going to do, put on the Kamala makeup? That would look a little weird.
1: Well, listen, Jimmy Hart used to change his jackets in between, you know, whoever he was.
2: Yeah, but with. changing a jacket versus changing your face paint is like two completely. Those are apples and oranges, oh, Keithy. So Come on.
1: Are they apples and oranges or are they more like, you know, oranges and clementines? A, I mean,
2: dragon, I a dragon fruit and a uh, kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the third time I've referenced kiwis on this show. I, yes. I, I should have bought true. them when I went to the supermarket the other night.
1: Yeah. I don't know what's going on. You should be doing that, you know. You should be getting yourself some Kiwis.
2: Kamala's very confused outside the ring, but don't forget at this point, he actually knows how to pin guys. He would forget that at some point later on.
1: I, Hogan was doing the uh, belly slap.
2: Yeah, Hogan. Hogan's which going always, all out here.
1: Which is always a favorite of mine to do. Usually whenever I take my shirt off, I do the, the Kamala <laughs> belly slap. Which is, yeah. it, it gets a good reaction from me, uh, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not doing it in front of a crowd. <laughs> but I wake so- up in the morning, I get out of the bed, and I just go,
2: you know. You could sell my- out Madison Square Garden.
1: I could sell out Madison Square Garden.
2: Look at Hogan with a drop toe hold on Kamala.
1: He must have fell into that hole, Gene. Oh Jay trying to scare Kamala. And as we know, Kamala's gonna be afraid of snakes because he's a monster from the, you know, jungles of Uganda.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now, now they're now they're heading out, but I don't think we're going to get the money incorporated. Finish.
1: Like in reality, if you think of it, Kamala wouldn't be afraid. Like if we get, if we're supposed to believe that Kamala is really an Ugandan giant, and he's like you know from the deepest parts of Uganda, and he's he's not going to be afraid of snakes. He's going to be one of those guys that catch it. Like I always think of those guys like being like somebody like Crocodile Dundee. Where, like, you know, he walked right up to the snake, or the alligator, stabbed it in the head, and then wore it as a hat. Like, you know, I think Uga- I think Kamala would have walked up to the snake, picked it up, twisted its neck, pulled out its, like, spine, and then ate the meat. And would have been like, ah, ooh, and then handed it to Hogan. Like, that would have been more believable than Kamala's running away from a snake.
2: Yeah, the man was brought up in a country run by Idi Amin, for God's sakes. That's
1: right. Wow, Kamala's got a higher reach than Hogan there with the test of strength.
2: Tamar was a pretty tall dude. That's why you could plausibly put him in there with Andre. And He's
1: not, re- he's not really a taller dude now.
2: Oh Well, because he, he's passed away, Keith. I, I, don't, I don't know if you heard, but.
1: I know, but he. But he <laughs> that was more of a joke about him losing his feet, but that's, you know. Look at it. Coco getting the pin. Somehow
2: it was even more tasteless than I imagined. You've raised the bar yet again.
1: Or I've lowered the bar once again. Um.
2: I think I, I, th- I think I Coco was probably taken more seriously at this particular point in time which would be June of 87.
1: Yeah, he hadn't dyed his hair yet to like a different color so
2: I mean, I think when he starts losing to Bobby Heenan on house shows uh, between WrestleMania 4 and, and that summer it, yeah. that that that, that kind of sucks. But then again, Coco had a role, which was a lead-off hitter opening match guy on house shows, and that's an extremely valuable commodity. Yeah. That's something that Edzo and Cass, if they had kept their heads on straight, could have done for like 10 years. Of course, they couldn't do it now because there's no crowd to fire up, but they they completely effed it up through their idiocy. Mm. Does make sense that Coco would be playing the face in peril here.
1: I would say so. I mean, he have to be.
2: Right? It, it would be weird Hogan getting beat up and making the hot tag to Coco, but that's an uh, that face side Hogan, Coco, and Jake all all together.
1: That's a hell of a. Uh, that's a hell of a friggin' team right there, Coco, Hogan, and Jake. Yeah. With Coco, with Coco being the uh, the guy that the 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 curtain jerker to start the crowd off hot, would you say that Coco Beware is probably the Ricky Henderson of wrestling?
2: Well, that depends. Does he refer to himself in the third person a lot?
1: Probably at this point. Yes, I would say so.
2: And and it will not surprise you when I tell you that Ricky, I was on Ricky Henderson's baseball reference page last night. (laughs) Because on my, on my zoom call, I was making the point that early in his career, Ricky Henderson was a little reckless on the bases in that, yeah, he stole 130 bases that one year, but he took 172 attempts. It's like, it's like one of those dudes who just chucks up threes in basketball, but he averages 30 points a game. It's like, yeah, well, you're averaging 40 shots for God's sakes. You should average 30 points. Later, later when he got to the Yankees, he, he became a much more, He wouldn't get caught stealing as much. It would be like he'd steal eight bases for every time he would get caught, which is a pretty crazy ratio. Which is is why I would argue that Tim Raines is actually a better base stealer than Ricky Henderson overall. Which I know may sound like sacrilege, but
1: did you say this on your Zoom call last night?
2: Yes, my unrecorded Zoom call, for which I have no proof other than the two people that were on there.
1: Did did they did they did they call? to arms when you said that about Tim Raines versus Ricky Henderson?
2: Oh, no, I made that point. That was an exclusive. That's a GFA <laughs> Live exclusive. <laughs> it's on his notes, folks. Um, like, Tim, Tim Raines used to slide head first because he kept this crack cocaine in his back pocket and he didn't want to ruin it. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that, uh-huh. was, always, that was always the legend, and I don't know if it's true, but it's a good story, anyway. So let's go with it.
1: Our friend Bob Heck of Bob Heck Entertainment, Pittsfield's number one entertainment destination, uh, used to always say that Otis Nixon had a – there was a vial of crack on second.
2: Well, let's not explore that too much. Otis Nixon was suspended for cocaine that kept him out of the '91 playoffs. <laughs> so that's probably why he ended up becoming available to the Red Sox at a certain let's, point. Let's not go there, huh? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh that's funny.
2: I really think the whole point of this match is just to see the two very weirdly put together teams.
1: Well, what's all right, so is Honky, is Honky the Intercontinental Champion at this point?
2: He won it on this taping, which, by the way, is the next match that we're going to see. Oh, I'm sorry, it, spoiler alert. <laughs>
1: spoiler alert? It, oh, is the match against him versus Steamboat?
2: Yeah, that's up next.
1: Right. And that was on this taping?
2: Yep, same wow. taping. He was busy that night.
1: This is the taping that Butch Reed decided not to come to. Wow.
2: Well, no, he was actually there supposedly, but I, I don't know. And and, and I w- I would be remiss if I did not mention that my my good pal from the Adam's Vision podcast, Steve Bennett, was at this taping, as we've talked about on on various podcasts. But yeah, when we get to that Steamboat Honky match, I, I did cover that on a GFA long it time did, ago. It was
1: from, yeah, because I remember the one from, I remember it. I remember Buffalo, you know, because I remember you talking about Steve.
2: So. Yeah, and I am pretty sure that Honky is the champion when they taped this, because they probably held this to the end of the night, I would imagine.
1: Well, it was the special dark match, so yeah.
2: Yeah. You gotta sit through three weeks of superstars tapings and then a bunch of other dark matches for like Primetime and whatnot. I don't know if you saw, but I watched I watched a September eighty seven Primetime. I didn't get through the whole thing. But it had two SD Jones matches on it.
1: Yeah, I had mentioned you had, I'd seen that you had mentioned that on, on the Twitterverse and uh, that's that's unfortunate. I'm I'm sorry you had to see that. Well uh,
2: why is it unfortunate? I,
1: I don't I, I well, did just... he do did he do the memorial charge in both of them?
2: I actually hadn't gotten to those matches yet because they were in the second half of the show.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> At least they weren't stacked back-to-back. It was him against Rick Rude and then him in a tag match with Outhouse Jack and uh, somebody else.
1: Outhouse Jack?
2: Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say Outhouse? I meant Outback Jack.
1: <laughs> no, Outhouse Jack is fine. Ah, oh, tell me they played. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. I wa- when you watch that, I want to report back if they played Outhouse Jack's uh, theme music. I love that song. <laughs>
2: Have you ever noticed like the outhouse? Excuse me, Outback Jack theme always comes through too loud on the TV. It comes through different than everybody else's theme. You ever noticed that? I have, and you want to know what's funny is
1: that I'm sure they had to pay royalties for that because that's an actual song. It is, and, and it, yeah, it's an actual song, and it's it's funny because you would think that they would not want to pay royalties, so it would actually be quiet. It would be, you know a little bit softer on there, but, you know, a little bit softer now. Oh, Hogan, here's the punches. Yeah. He's going to throw up one turnbuckle. He's Kamala into another turnbuckle.
2: It's and then, funny. Oh, is Kam- Kamala's you know, there for a while after this, too. A couple months. Now that I think about it, Honky Tonk Man and Kim Chi and Kamala, they all had a little bit of an alliance because, remember when Honky dressed up as Kim Chi on that Saturday Night's Main event? Yeah,
1: Hogan yeah.
2: with a big slam. I'm oh. shocked that he was able to slam Kamala like 2 months after slamming Andre. <laughs>
1: yeah, did he did he pull 14 muscles and break 32 ribs in that match against Andre?
2: He, he said he tore Andre. his he said he tore his bicep and there's no oh. way because he they they took time off after WrestleMania, I think back then. Actually, I'm not sure. I should probably should have looked that up. We're, we're back to the we're back to the video store with Craig George. What was the name of the video store again? Let's, let's plug a business to close 30 years ago.
0: Hand,
2: yeah, we're, we're going right to Steamboat versus Honky. A very sad match, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah.
1: That's Honky's, I, I, I Honky's, I, I
2: Honky's wearing different tights. Did you notice that? He changed his he blue tights on.
1: Well, Steamboat's wearing red, and you can't have a red tighted guy going against another red tighted guy. You'd have another Greg Valentine <laughs> Bob Ackler situation.
2: I like how... Steamboat would it be possible Steamboat... that... <laughs> oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, would it be possible that the referee would confuse Ricky Steamboat and Honky Tonk Man if they were both wearing red pants?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, it's that it's that weird ref who gets oddly angry at a lot of stuff. Mm. Jack Jack Kruger. So
1: Steamboat's the IC champ here, and this is the match that will live in infamy.
2: It is. Yeah, and it's not a long match. I think it runs only about three minutes total. I mean, TV WWF matches, I mean, the longest that they would ever go is maybe like 12 minutes. I I like
1: that they have have the original original audio of Jesse and Vince doing it, which is great, because Jesse's commentary at the end is awesome.
2: Oh, yeah. See, if I knew how to mute you and keep the audio going, I, I would do that. But I don't have—I don't have the control center the way I, I probably should. Here, like I'm literally just—I I just have like a uh, a slider to turn the volume up and down, where I can—I can jack up the commentary, which I, I'll probably do afterwards when they're doing the uh, when, when Jesse gets all excited about Honky winning. Mm. The message on the back of Honky's tights are Honky Tonk Man. Like, oh, thank you. Glad he's wearing a name tag. <laughs> See that—that that eliminates any confusion for the referee if he wears his. Like, he should. Steamboat should have wore Dragon or Ricky Steamboat on his ass.
1: Yes, but I will say I wouldn't have known because you know I. Oh, thank. Thankfully, he has the name on it because you know the 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 guitars on the sides of his pants are the de- are not a dead enough giveaway.
2: <laughs> Like what kind of guitars are those? I want to know. Did they did they put in that kind of level of detail?
1: It's it's certainly not a Gibson.
2: Do you ever notice that every single one of these that we do, we start talking about guys' tights (laughs) every single show, (laughs) where it's Johnny V having New York written on his ass. It's about Bob Backlund wearing or somebody else wearing the same color as somebody. You know. Well, I don't. (laughs) We we gravitate towards that towards pants. We're very into like,
1: pants. Well, maybe maybe you and I—it's just our keen fashion sense. We just like what they're wearing. You know, part of the part of the gimmick is the outfit. <laughs> it's
2: the GFA Live Pants Party. <laughs> Steamboat's kind of dominating him, which which makes this match even more like Oh, he put his oh, head down—a cardinal a mistake for a ring veteran.
1: A cardinal mistake. Oh, I got to hear you say a cardinal mistake. I love it.
2: Yeah, if I ever if I ever did t-shirts, I would probably do a logo with a cardinal putting its head down for a backdrop and getting kicked by another cardinal, or by a different bird. I think
1: perhaps an oriole. That oh,
2: that would that's a that's that's a terrific idea. I have to commission a graphic (laughs) artist to do that. I actually have a contact, so I'm going to have to reach out to him. Oh, look at that steamboat off the top with the forearm. Jimmy Hart up on the apron. One, two,
1: three. He got him, referee.
2: Yeah. Steamboat grabs him, and now he tries to oh drop kick. And now he tries to roll him up next to the ropes.
0: Honky dog man stuns. He's in the ropes. Wait a minute. With a dragon pin, the hockey dog man.
2: Kind of, a, kind of a botched finish, yes, ma'am. I'm
0: not sure.
2: Howard Finkel pretending to be confused.
0: I can't believe it! Hockeytown won! Unbelievable! And you said he wasn't a contender. He's the new Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And, I can't believe it! And you said he wasn't even a contender. He's the champion! A major, major upset! I can't believe it! What an upset! Jimmy Hart is ecstatic. He's got the tag team champions. He's got the Intercontinental
2: champion. We'll be back. I'm in a his shot. I love how Bruno doesn't even talk the entire time. That's Did mostly you know,
1: because Bruno's like just completely disappointed with the state of wrestling that an asshole like the Honky Tonk Man is is a champion.
2: I think Bruno was pretty checked out once Superstars had started. So September of '86. It they would let, they, they would let him narrate replays, but other than that, you
0: know.
2: Now we go to Madison Square Garden for a women's pounds, match. Debbie, Debbie Combs. Debbie Combs, no relation to Ray Combs of no the up Family up Feud, mm, taking on the, ugh, fabulous Mula, who is somehow the actual women's champion here in May of 1987. It's May 18th. Eighty-seven, Madison Square Garden, 16,800 on hand, with a main event of Hulk Hogan versus Harley Race. Now, you
1: could so, turn, turn this all the way down. Nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> oh, you don't want to watch
2: 1987 Fabulous Moolah singles match? I guess matches?
1: I have to. I mean, Jesus, she's already 85 at this point, right? I mean...
2: Good Lord. Oh, that that's actually that'll actually be a fun game to play. How old was Moolah <laughs> during this? I am going to say 63.
1: Wait, what year is it?
2: <laughs> it is May of 87.
1: Mm. All right. So you're saying how old you're saying? I'm going to look this up. You're saying she was how old? Uh 60
2: 63.
1: All right. So she's 63. All right. Let me an 85 and 87. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she did, was did,
1: sixty-four.
2: She was no, you're no, no, you're incorrect. She was sixty-three because this was in May and her birthday's in July. So I, I <laughs> nailed it. I nailed it. I hit, I hit the ball off the tee and I, oh. I put it right off the pin and in the hole.
1: Oh, you nailed Mula. I mean, you nailed it
2: yeah. with, with oh. Mula. <clears throat> Ugh.
1: She's 63 years old, and she's still... That's just how sad the state of women wrestling was back in the 80s. She set
2: that- it back like 25 years. Why
1: does Seriously? she have Ted, Ted DiBiase's tights on? Yeah,
2: I know. She's wearing a dollar sign on it. That, that, if there's anything that we should give thanks to Teddy DiBiase for, him coming in and having the dollar sign thing may have written off Mula.
1: Yeah. Again, we're talking about tights.
2: So the... So the- <laughs> Yes, we are. Did, 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 if DiBiase killed off Fabulous Moolah by accident, that's probably his greatest achievement.
1: <laughs> his greatest achievement.
2: Do, 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 you, do you want to do you want to play how old Debbie Combs is?
1: Um, let me see. By the look of her,
2: I'm uh, I'm gonna say 32.
1: Um, he looks about uh, 32 or. He,
2: <laughs> what do you stop?
1: I'm gonna have you taken out of here in a minute. Yeah. Um, Debbie Combs. Yeah. Okay. What did you say? How old?
2: I said 32.
1: Do you already know?
2: I know now. Yes. In oh. anticipation of your guess.
1: <laughs> she's 28.
2: <laughs> yes, that's correct. And and, and I'm not going to accuse you of cheating,
1: but no, she stalled
2: I... like Larry's Abisco there for a second. Like oh. I'm giving you enough time to look it up. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're not going to accuse me of cheating. I'll just accuse myself of cheating.
2: <laughs> it was like when, Jesus, so when the terrible. women would do that slingshot move, and there would be like no ring post, like a Mister Perfect. They, they would just go to the other side of the ring. Yeah, Ugh, it's just so bad. It's like anybody who is who complains these days, who who lived through this, who complains about like let's say Natty Nightheart not being any good, please. Please watch 10 Fabulous Moolah matches and get back to me. <laughs>
1: because, yeah, seriously.
2: Like, you could watch this, and then you could watch, like, you know, Cameron versus Natty, and it would seem like a eight-star classic compared to this. I
1: mean, wrestling, female wrestling back then, and this is no disrespect to women wrestling of today, um, even women's wrestling of, like, the Attitude Era, it's literally, like, it looks like it's just... Two women in there in like a mud wrestling, you know, and that but there's no mud. Like, it's just, it's just like body slams and clotheslines. It's not even like anything technical, anything athletic really. It's just so sad. And maybe that's just moolah matches. I mean, I guess I'd have to go back and look at some, uh, Wendy Richter versus Judy McIntyre. But I mean, I don't know. There's not a big, you mean joke. Judy
2: Martin. You got Judy Martin. That's a Judy Martin Velvet McIntyre portmanteau. <laughs>
1: And we could have that, and maybe that's what I need to watch—is just a you know a marathon of those kinds of matches. But I mean, anything with Fabulous Moolah just sucks ass, and and unfortunately, that's all she is—is is that she's all over friggin' women's wrestling at this point in time.
2: I'm I'm terrified about how long this match is going to run. I'm I'm serious. Like, is is this thing going to go 12 minutes? I'm I'm afraid. I'm very afraid.
1: Like at this point. If we have to think about it, what what hold did she have over Vince McMahon? That he was like, was she really like a? I guess you could say she was one of the stooges. She she she, she
2: trained she trained all the women wrestlers and had a sort of monopoly on it and exerted control over it because it's a dirty business. We we talk about like this is the era that we loved. Well, let's also remember that it is an extremely dirty business. Mm. Professional wrestling. Not only back in the day, but these days as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, do we really want to try to make wrestling great again?
2: I mean, I don't know, you know. Well, (laughs) if you want to do that, maybe you should just watch the G1 Climax that's going on. Which, by the way, I'm always amused every year when that comes up, the G1 Climax. It's like, really? That's what we want to name it? Like, all I could think of is like, you know... a male or male orgasm or something. It's like, yes, D- Dave Meltzer spewing everywhere because, uh, Ishii or one of these guys whose names I can't remember, or Was Okada it... did Okada through a dropkick and, uh, Meltzer is going to have some no- nocturnal emissions or something.
1: It's funny. You say that, because I mean, whenever I hear G1, I think it's like, I think it's actually like a world summit,
2: you know, kind of, like <laughs> well, every time I want to call it the G spot climax. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that, wouldn't be that's a a, that's a
2: different a, that's, that's a different pay per view on a different channel. <laughs> it's the G Spot Climate, folks. <laughs> this match is still going on. I can't believe it. And, and if you and if you if you don't like this Debbie Combs fabulous Mool match from 1987, you're, you're not going to be happy about what's coming up next. Oh, is she going to
1: pull out? A, oh, I thought
2: she pulled. Was, she had a foreign object pulled out, and she, she tucked it back into her cleavage. Oh, she now now she's playing a hide the foreign object spot with the referee, who once again is that seventy year old referee who did the Iron Sheik Hogan match from eighty four. He's still there at eighty seven.
1: It looks like she has like a pin, you know, like a, yeah. like a bobby pin. She had a bobby pin, and now the referee thinks the bobby pin's in her mouth. Yeah, I've never seen a referee. Che- imagine if that. Like, imagine if like every referee checked Ric Flair's mouth for the, uh, you know, the <laughs> the brass knuckles that he would have. I mean, like, seriously.
2: Why would Flair keep brass knuckles in his mouth?
1: Because that's what I'm saying. is like, how absurd is it that the referee is checking her mouth? Yeah. To see if she's got a foreign object in there.
2: I need to find a match where the referee does, like, the search beforehand for foreign objects, and he actually finds something. Yeah. Like, Debbie, uh,
1: Holmes, Debbie Holmes went out of the ring and looked like she wrangled... She, she
2: ended old. up in in those people who randomly sit ringside at MSG that I was talking about. How it's oh. like so, so crowded down there.
1: and The ring yeah. coming, some you can see the ring apron separated from the double sided tape that it was uh, taped to.
2: <laughs> it's, it's like don't they have like a fire marshal on hand for you know to prevent something like that?
1: Man, she's like hitting the concrete. There's like no padding out there.
2: Yeah, this is going to be near the end for the no padding era at MSG. It was May of May of eighty seven. You think that things would be things were modernized by this point, but I guess not.
1: Uh, well, we have an antique in wrestling right now, so why would it be? It's not really modernized.
2: Yes, somebody who was born in the year nineteen twenty three is wrestling in this
1: match. <laughs> <laughs> Look What's... at me, I'm so pretty.
2: <laughs> I hate moolah. Yeah, they. they, they were... Oh, go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. There were three. There were three cards that night for the World Wrestling Federation.
1: World Wrestling. MSG,
2: Tacoma, Washington, and Davenport, Iowa.
1: Oh, where a young Seth Rollins was in the uh, arena in the audience, maybe.
2: Was Seth Rollins even born in 1987? <laughs> well, anyway, sure. the main the main event at Davenport was Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes in a chain match.
1: <laughs> oh boy, what year? 1987, 80, yeah. Seth, Seth Rollins would have been one year old. <laughs> so maybe maybe his dad brought him to see Hercules and Billy Jack Haynes.
2: <laughs> I think you would have gone for Tacoma, Washington, because your two, your two main matches are the Hart Foundation and the British Bulldogs in a steel cage, and Randy Savage versus Tito Santana.
1: Oh, I would have gone. I would have flown to Tacoma, Washington, if that was the point, if that was the case.
2: Yeah. Davenport got to see Lonnie Kai and Judy Martin, the Glamour Girls, face Candice Pardue and Velvet McIntyre.
1: What show was a uh, GFA hero, Lanny Poffo on?
2: Let us let us see if Poffo was actually in action that night. <laughs> see if they were you, you, they were using him. Hickory Dickory Dock. Probably. He uh, be... <laughs> I wonder would
1: he have been on the shows with Savage? You think?
2: Uh no, he wasn't in this case. He was at MSG along with Mula and Combs and it, the, this match actually aired on the June 8th 1987 primetime wrestling. Lanny Poffo pinned Dave Barbie with a moonsault at 805.
1: Nice. See? He get a win every once in a while.
2: And I and I have I have some bad news for you. This what? this match lasts 8 minutes and 49 seconds, which hopefully it's nearing an end soon. <laughs> yeah, we're oh, a back suplex. Nope. Well, she, she, it was a lousy atomic drop where she, they did it, and she goes into the ring post right in front of people who are sitting front row sun in, in front of the barricade. Oh, that's it. Yes, you can hear a bit. Okay, so Debbie Combs won via countout. Are they setting up? No. A, are they think, setting up a lumberjack match for the following month?
1: <laughs> I would say this is a double countout.
2: <laughs> well, let, let's get let's get the official decision. I want to see if he Howard Finkel gets the Let microphone that comes through the ceiling.
0: The the result of a
2: Oh. Debbie Combs! Oh. So May of 87, Howard Finkel actually has a microphone that he can bring into the ring. It's not that weird MSG one that would drop from the ceiling. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're talking about how it's Debbie Combs' debut, but you obviously didn't hear from her that much because Sherry Sherry comes in two months after this and beats Mula in her debut in Houston,
1: which so yeah, I always Debbie thought
2: was Combs, a little peculiar.
1: Debbie Combs didn't work for the uh, WWF for very long. Although, do you know that she dated Randy Savage for five years while they were both working for the ICW?
2: Really? Huh. Yeah. That is you know an that interesting she, factoid.
1: She is the daughter of Cora Combs. Who was an American professional wrestler? Yeah, I just I thought I'd let you know.
2: Thank you very much. I I appreciate that. Very proud of you. That's very nice. <laughs> this is my favorite right now. A
0: classic.
2: Yeah, and now we got another fabulous moolah match from December of nineteen seventy-four against Joyce Grable from Madison Square Garden. Yet again, this aired on HBO. The main event that night was Bruno versus Bobby Duncan in a Texas Death Match. Oh no, that yeah. would have
1: been, that would have been something to see.
2: Yeah, but instead we're stuck with this, and I can't believe we're watching this.
1: So like Texas Death Matches were just simply just like a no disqualification kind of street fight, right?
2: More or less, yeah. yeah might have they... been might have been a count the guy down for ten sort of thing, but yeah, they they would they would futz with the rules all the time.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like a that's kind of like a one of those dumb gimmick matches. It's up there with the uh, Coal Miner's Glove.
2: <laughs> hey, Wait, what?
1: That's, that's one of my favorite, favorite pay-per-views is that Halloween Havoc where Sting fights Jake in the Coal Miner's Glove. <laughs> it's just because every, every single person in wrestling, no matter who it is, when they ask about that that event, they're like, why didn't they just gimmick the friggin'
2: wheel? <laughs> yeah, no kidding.
1: And WCW didn't gimmick the wheel and the friggin' wheel landed on the worst match.
2: <laughs> or or don't put the worst match on there. <laughs> like only put stuff that you know will actually work.
1: But I remember watching that I remember watching that pay per view thinking, Wow, that's gonna be kinda cool. Like there's a loaded glove, and just being like, Oh, that's gonna be really neat, and then the ending of it was so bad. Cause, like, Jake is going to get the Cobra to try to, like, bite. And it's so bad, cause it's like, it's almost like he was doing the, uh, all right. Do you remember the WrestleMania 5 when, uh, Piper sprays, uh, Morton Downey Jr.? Oh, yeah,
2: with the, with the extinguisher, and yeah.
1: At the point, you know, Piper goes, oh, give me one of them, give me one of them cigars, right? And, and, uh, Morton Downey Jr. is like, he's, he's looking at the audience and he's going, like, shh, I'm gonna, Light it up and then I'm gonna blow the smoke in his face. Like he's doing that kind of, you know, gag. And then he turns around and it's like he gets sprayed. That's what Jake's doing. Jake's like pulling the snake out of the bag and he's like, shh, don't tell him I'm getting the snake. <laughs> I'm gonna spray, the, I'm gonna make the snake bite Sting. And the whole time Sting's getting the friggin' glove. And then Jake turns around and Sting hits him with the glove and it, the snake bites Jake. It's the stupidest ending of a friggin' match. It's, it's like it's that's, that's WCW, folks.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, for certain. It, um, <laughs> so you you saw Havoc ninety two live on pay per view?
1: Did I watch it live on pay per view? Yeah. My dad had a black box. So oh, I oh, it.
2: right. Yeah. The, okay. So uh, you didn't have to call up the cable company and say, "Damn it, I want to see Ron Simmons versus the Barbarian." Because that's 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 the match that's the match I want to see. Well, that was an interesting. Yeah. Uh, Move there. That just missed. Halloween Havoc apparently is coming back to NXT as part of WWE's efforts to not squat on the trademarks because they have to use it, or otherwise Cody can snap those up.
1: Oh, only if they bring back that uh, Cage of Doom or whatever it was. What was the uh, the thing that Abdullah the Butcher got? Frieden Oh, that?
2: Thunder! Thunder! Uh, Chamber of horrors. Yes.
1: Chamber of horrors. Yes. As long as they bring back the Chamber of horrors, I'm sold.
2: Hmm. Well,
1: <laughs> interesting comments, nonetheless.
2: I'm. Uh, by the way, the two women are just rolling around in a 69 position oh, okay. here, so I don't know what to say about what's going on. This is 1974 uh, WWF Women's Wrestling, which is pretty shitty, I must say.
1: And yet, Fabulous Mool is the champion. Yet again.
2: Well, I didn't see her with a belt, but uh, we, we can kind of make that entered, presumption.
1: We also entered mid-match, I believe we entered this mid-match.
2: Well, I, I was going to ask you, do you want me to put this on 1.5 times speed to make it seem a little bit better?
1: No, if you put it on 0.5 speed, I want this to last as long as possible.
2: Are you shitting me? No. No. That's the, that, I was going to say that's child abuse, but I'm not a child. No,
1: No, that's just silly. Yes. I mean look at that. She she chokes she choked her not even chokeslam. She just chokes her down to the mat and then she just like flops on to do like a splash and then that's supposed to be this is so bad. Oh
2: well I already I already peeked to watch look look at, look, look at the finish. This is the finish right here. God Fabulous Mool reverses a body slam attempt into an inside cradle, just like Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania three to Randy Savage. And you said she couldn't work.
1: Yeah, that was not that was not an elegant finale. I might add, I, just so you know. You know what I you know what I hate about oh,
2: right. You know you know what's one thing I hate about Mula out of like fifty million is she she would do that pose after the match where she would put her hand behind her head. Yeah, it's like it looks she was exactly. A- it, it looks exactly like that fucking monopoly card. That's like you've won second prize in a beauty contest. Collect ten dollars. Yeah. I fucking hate that.
1: Like, she's supposed to be this beauty. She was not a beauty.
2: Well, heels are supposed to lie if you're supposed to see it. So now we get to see something good, which is the Halloween skit from Saturday Night's Main Event from 1985, where Bobby Heenan is bobbing for apples or pumpkins or some shit.
1: And it looks like in chocolate
2: sauce. Yeah, he's got chocolate all over his face. And Gene Oakland is there as the great pumpkin or something. It it's on the... now at Roddy Piper's oh, Piper, there as not... the great I mean
1: is <laughs> there the oh. great pumpkin.
2: <laughs> this is Piper's house on Halloween. Nice. And he's a heel, but of course by the time this tape is released, he's not only a face, but he's like retired. <laughs>
0: Sylvester Stoll No much too handsome You gorgeous thing You whole strike <laughs> It is Halloweeny. It is such fun preparing For them little monsters You take a stick And you put it inside And you gotta twist it around Make it real tight Wouldn't want them to be burdened And all them little wonderful children That ring on your throat But ta-da Take the brick Oh no that chocolate bar Pardon me Chocolate bar oh, me. We're, Wait, wait, wait My we're, uh, we're here. In the kitchen of my, a- my candy apple.
2: Excuse Cocaine's me. a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh,
0: is it you? Anything with someone with a tie like that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, it's Manor, tie
2: this tie does look like shit. Uh,
0: <laughs> indoor plumbing, which we're told uh, you have no use for uh, while in training. For I can run there, run back. It's faster than Flushy. Are you kidding me? I got bricks to make, man. This is Halloween <laughs> Die. Tell Kids me so, they're gonna be coming. Tell me something, Miss Piper. How, how do you celebrate Halloween back in your in your in your native Scotland? <laughs> native? Man, I ain't no giraffe! Ha! I ain't no native. I come from the most sophisticated. It's these are bricks.
2: Piper had to make no, it no, racial.
0: No, no, no. They're this is a bowling ball. No, 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 no. That's a candy apple. You know when all them wonderful children come to the door and ring the doorbell, ding, ding, and then a whole other group comes in, ding, ding, rings it again, and a whole other group comes in, ding, ding, rings it again, and ding, ding, rings it again. I just well, love those heavy, little children. How heavy these bowling balls are and these bricks, in, these straight, tricks wait, are... In, sco- in Scotland, it's trick or treat. <laughs> trick or treat. It's Scotland, it's trick or treat. I can do whatever I want. I can wrap my little chocolate bars like I want I put them there like that for the next little challenge. Uh, I can wrap my candy apples. I can do whatever I want. I am
1: literally speechless.
0: <laughs>
1: this, <laughs> is this is incredible. This is the place? best stuff we've seen so far. That's a holiday spirit, all right. I'm
2: glad they put this on the tape, even though Piper's not even active. Kids at the door. Remember last year? Uh-oh.
0: Whoa. Oh, wow. Uh-oh. I have to know her Wendy. You can stand right beside. <laughs> real quick. Gentleman right.
1: Postal yes. quick. Okay. <laughs> That kid's dressed as Hulk Hogan. All I got was in my head is the Lucille Bluth going, this does not bode well.
0: It's like i Ha ha! Halloween! Come in! Get in! Get in here! Get in, Halloween guy. Look at this! What a bunch of kids. lovely curtain climbers we have here! Oh my goodness, who are you supposed to be? Hulk Hogan, Mr. Piper. Who's he? last time I saw him, he was catching dogs for, for the service for the city. Are you get candy? You got candy in there? You got the same size arms as Hogan. Look at that. You some of, my, and some of my favorite. Uh, More like Adam Paul. you see, I, I've got a whole bunch of nice candy for you.
2: What are those, Mr. Piper?
0: Those, those are candy apples. Those are, those are giant candy apples. That's what those are. Why are they so big? Big apples because... I'm such a wonderful person. And- what are those, <laughs> Mr. Piper? Those are chocolate. I got those from Hershey, Pennsylvania. You, know, you like some of them? How about you then? You just hold your bags way out there.
2: Hershey, me- Pennsylvania, not Allentown. <laughs> I love Vince you? just hanging out in love- the background.
0: Oh, my goodness so great. Gracious. Well, let me get him in there, darling. It's a little tight still. Oh uh,
2: He broke the bag.
0: Oh no, wait a second. Wait a second. That's one of my favorites there. Wait a second. I'll help you. You know what I got for you? I got this for you. I'll tell you, i tell you what. I got I got a bag of candy for you. Tell you what I. I don't like them anyway. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll fill them up just one full. There's one for you. You don't need that old silly bag. It's broken. Come on, it's and not up. even packed. Oh, you really might have put razor blades want, in. Oh, oh, no, I want that one there. One for you, too, there. Now, isn't that nice of me? I want that one, Joy. Ooh, something oh, new. something new. Oh, my God. something bright, something delicious. Oh, my
1: God. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Are you serious? <laughs> yes this guy is out of his mind
2: He ate a garage
1: he just that's right
2: that's why you don't see a garage on his house He ate it
1: you know why he was giving can you know why he was doing bowling balls with candy apples because yeah. he was too, he was too busy scoting all the eight balls why yes.
0: <laughs> off. Look, here's worth of fun. It's gonna work. I hope Mr. Piper likes his chocolate covered red pepper. <laughs> <laughs> One of those
1: kids.
2: Some <laughs> nice overacting by Vince.
1: Oh my god. Vince can't even hold himself. Vince can't even hold himself together. There is <laughs> pause that! Pause that for a second. We need yes. to deliberate this. Vince couldn't even hold that together. Yeah. Uh, you know that that was like a one take only because Piper's getting all wet and filling water everywhere. <laughs> that's
0: so cocaine man. Woo, cocaine! Hey now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it. Th- that's that segment's a lot of fun. I should I should do that Saturday night's Mid event at some point.
1: That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh that, that might be the best thing we've seen on this video on this on this 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 entire series.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if you've reacted more positively to that than Randy Savage versus Bad News in a Harlem I, Street fight.
1: I was going to say I was going to say out of all the matches we've seen so far, all the things we've seen on these best of, those are the top 2 right now. Well, that's, the top, that's contention.
2: Well, we're going to make it even better for you because we have the one true king out there as a member of the Islanders, Haku and Tama.
1: It's my king.
2: As baby faces facing early demolition. This is from February twenty third, nineteen eighty seven, at MSG. And I think Barry Darsa is smashed by now. Yeah. I know what and, smash and Johnny V talking about managing demolition is, at one time. Combo that didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but they needed to put them with some sort of manager.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, Barry Darso's hair is so short because he was wow. just playing a fake Russian.
1: Yeah. That is a very short hairdo for... Wow.
2: Well, he, he had a he had a bald head, so he could yeah. be a Russian.
1: I like the glitter in Dax's uh, hair.
2: <laughs> no, Bill Edie was just uh, he was just dive bombing at a strip club. That, that's
1: <laughs> that. Now that's believable.
2: <laughs> yeah, but like he get he get home to his wife and be like uh, Bill, why do you have all this glitter on you? It's like, well, you know, I need it. I need it for my Ax character. It's like, well, hey, wait a minute, you know. You, you smell kind of... Hey, let me smell your fingers.
1: I don't... I don't remember that much glitter going on in uh, Mad Max.
2: Yeah. He was He was at the Gold Club.
1: <laughs>
2: F- finger blasting somebody oh, named... Uh,
1: finger blasting. Yeah.
2: yeah, remember, that terminology is okay on my show.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is crazy. This is crazy seeing Axe like with his hair like this. Very, you know, hole in one, Darso.
2: You mean you mean smash?
1: What did I say? Axe.
2: Yeah, because we were just talking about Axe's hair, which I know is one yes. of my favorite topics in the world, especially his Survivor Series '90 hair. Yeah, his, his I don't give a shit anymore hair.
1: What about his? What was his hair like at Summer at uh, Survivor Series '88 though?
2: Oh, I don't know. You know what? I, I should watch Survivor Series '88 again. I haven't. Here's a question. The,
1: the Islanders, weren't they, were the Islanders on that tag team in 88?
2: No, Tama was gone. He was fired by that point. Uh, or he left, or whatever the hell it was. See, so, yeah, this is so interesting, because, you know, demolition in their early stages, it took them a while to really get rolling, and the Islanders never really found traction until they joined up with Heenan.
1: Yeah. Which is, a shame
2: and, I, and I'm gonna by the way this aired on primetime wrestling on April 6 1987 and I do want to point out that one thing these two teams have in common is they were both left off Wrestlemania 3
1: well we had had that discussion before where it was like demolition was too new and they hadn't had enough time for them to have a match yet
2: yeah, I, I I think so. Although I think that these are the guys that would have been paired against each other, but they yeah. they just there just wasn't time for it and they didn't want to, you know, squash the Islanders in 4 minutes or something. Yeah. I I have more good news for you. The the Islanders will be in the next match as well. So oh. you're get you're getting your fill of uh, of the One True King.
1: <laughs> I'm excited by this.
2: <laughs> yes. This Roddy is, Piper on Cocaine, King. Roddy Haku. Piper
1: on Cocaine, King Haku. Um, you would leak to told me a, a certain someone who would be in the main event.
2: Yes. <laughs> one of one of your all time favorites, yeah.
1: <laughs> one of my one of my other heroes.
2: Almost makes up for having to sit through two fabulous Moolah matches.
1: Almost. Almost but not quite.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, no, this is good. This is good too. This is I, great.
2: I always I mean, wish Haku had worked more of, more as a face. Instead, we just look at back on him as some sort of bar fight legend.
1: <laughs> you know what? There's always a chance. I'm sure Roman Reigns is going to need another challenger soon after, uh, you know, his his experience with the Uso brother.
2: <laughs> so you're saying that Vince... Should, well, isn't Haku kind of affiliated with New Japan? With... Tama Tonga and that whole business. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know specifically, but you're suggesting that Haku be brought in to challenge Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 37. I'm on board. I'm on board.
1: I mean, by yeah. that point, by that point, he'll be 62 years young. He'll still be able to kick ass and take names.
2: Still fucking younger than Moolah was in that match earlier.
1: And I would, and I would definitely go for a nice six month title reign of Haku as the one true Universal Champion. Why not?
2: What's yeah, wrong with have, that? they have to pull the trigger on that, unlike when they didn't with Lawler and The Miz back in the day. What was it, 2011? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Could you imagine 62-year-old Aku is the champion?
2: <laughs> Why are you laughing?
1: I mean, I'm laughing at the absurdity of a 62-year-old man, you know, oh, he's, being the heavyweight no. champion.
2: It's not absurd, and I'll tell you why. It's all the stuff that you got from Haku back in the day with all those legendary brawls that he would get into. Plus, now he's got old man strength.
1: Right. And, I mean, I laugh at that being... I laugh at a 62-year-old Haku winning the title, but you know that in, like, 10, 15 years, Brock Lesnar's going to win the championship again. And at that point, you know, he might be close to 62.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know what that's 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 a good point i you know you know i'm i'm just bound for disappointment going forward because now all I can think about is haku getting a run with the getting a run with the strap
1: <laughs> again where's the i mean yeah like let's think about this though he'd be sixty two he'd still be he's i'm sure he's still viable out there You know, it's not like he needs to run around and be a high flyer. I mean, he's going to be a, you know, Roman Reigns is going to do the flying in that match. But, I mean, you know, you got Haku. I mean, Goldberg was like 50 when he won that title and had that run. They could probably Hmm. get the same amount of production out of Haku that they got out of Goldberg. (laughs) I'm on board with this. One final run.
2: We've talked ourselves into it. (laughs)
1: We have talked ourselves into booking Haku winning the Universal title at Wrestlemania. And you
2: know it would appeal to all of those fans who stopped watching a long time ago. They would see a guy who was in the 1988 Survivor Series as world champion. <laughs> and not only in Survivor Series, uh, in the main event and as like the final guy pinned in the final match.
1: It would literally appeal
2: to one to two people, you and I. Oh no, there are people. (laughs) Maybe, maybe there are people listening to this podcast right now, precisely because of our love of Haku. You think so? And I, think would be on board with the modern product if King Haku got a six month run with the big belt. (laughs) 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 I'm telling you, it's really all I can think about now. Like I, I don't even, I don't even know how to make coffee anymore. All I can think about is Haku winning the world title. I know we should. I know we should talk about what's going on in this match, but all I can think about is Haku. Ah, <laughs>
1: uh, I'm lost.
2: Oh, there's a back elbow by Axe. Oh, back elbow. Bring, bring me to normal.
1: Letting all Japan know. Not oh, no, much. that's
2: a that's a back suplex. Come on. I'm gonna have that's you taken out of here.
1: That's why I said letting all Japan know not much. <laughs> Hey. Uh, Maybe oh I should God.
2: have listened to your entire sentence before jumping <laughs> down your throat.
1: That's okay. Please. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I am so giddy. Maybe it's the edible I took last night is still still going.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. What kind of edible was it?
1: Uh, it was a gummy. It was a gummy of a high uh, a high milligram. I think one of my one of my friends. I guess you could say my my dealer he he was having gummies last night and he goes oh you want a gummy <laughs> and I said sure and then I was like how about several and he goes no man you have to drive home
2: like a pineapple fruit chew or it
1: was it was like a pi- it was like a peach it was a peach pineapple fruit chew yeah
2: okay well I've had those pineapple fruit chews and those are those are some serious fucking business
1: I mean it wasn't I mean I'm obviously it's not still going on although well. when I was when I was driving home last night I was like. I really want some ice cream. So I went to McDonald's and I got myself, a Mc- <laughs> they have the Chips Ahoy McFlurry now. And uh, I got myself a Chips Ahoy McFlurry. And then I was, as I was looking at the menu, I went, Oh, a double cheeseburger is only two bucks. <laughs> so I said, let me get a double cheeseburger and a McFlurry.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then I sat in my driveway and I, I was listening. I was listening to the radio, just eating my McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a sad sight.
2: You uh, the high version of you th- looking at a McDonald's menu and pondering <laughs> everything. That's something I want to be a part of.
1: I've done that several times. Oh man. And, and
2: and I'm glad you told your story and didn't get uh distracted by House of Fire Haku after the hot tag. House of Fire. House Hike. of Fire. I cross body by Tama. The pin attempt is broken up by Axe. So now we get all four in the ring. So I think Listen we're...
1: Listen to the crowd pop.
2: We're heading for our finish.
1: Finally pushing everybody out.
2: All right, we got a double oh, team. It.
0: Oh! Look.
2: Sadly, that looks like the end for our friend Tama. Tama
1: will be able to get up to that
2: one. It's over. And the
1: good thing is, is that Tama ate the pin. Not Haku. So keeping Haku strong.
2: Yes, for his 2021 world title run. (laughs) If we want to put the belt on him in 34 years, he has to keep his credibility. (laughs) Demolition! Demolition. Yeah.
1: And here they are
2: again. And now they're heels because they they had just joined up with Bobby Heenan shortly before this on an episode of Superstars. This is from, this aired on Primetime Wrestling June 22nd, 1987, but it is from the Madison Square Garden show, June 14th, 1987. And across town in New York City at Chase Stadium in the Seinfeld universe, Keith Hernandez would make a crucial error, leading to a five run Phillies ninth and costing the Mets the game. Nice game, pretty boy. boy. <laughs> the and Roger McDowell, former, Baltimore, Roger for, McDowell. former Baltimore Orioles <laughs> pitching coach, uh, uh, was the second spitter.
1: Goes, it was Roger McDowell thing. who was over at a gravelly road. <laughs> <about
2: money>. <laughs> must have been that beer that I poured on his head.
1: <laughs> Roger McDowell. That is such a good episode of Cypher. Nice game,
2: pretty boy. Pretty boy. <laughs> it's a two-parter. <laughs>
1: It is a two-parter. I'm not driving Elaine, him to the airport.
2: Elaine likes Keith Hernandez until she finds out he smokes. And then you think about like athletes who used to smoke back in the day, like Mark Grace. I think he's. I think he smoked, too. It's like you probably don't have a lot of smokers in Major League Baseball these days. No,
1: these days probably none. Well, haven't they done the whole thing where they ban like chewing tobacco at like every stadium and? Yeah. So I'm sure that there's not a lot of plus. Like, a lot of these guys now are just like health nuts. So there's probably not a lot of smokers. There's definitely no more David Wells out there, you know.
2: Well, there's there's got to be some fat guys.
1: No, I'm not talking about fat guys. I'm talking about guys who just like would go out and get tanked the night before and then pitch a perfect game, you know.
2: Yeah, the, the, the era of Mickey Mantle getting, getting tanked, going out, hitting a home run, and then getting a blowjob under the stands. Those, those days are over. At, le- at least for the getting tanked part, <laughs> and probably for the blowjob too, since there's no fans.
1: You know what I liked is, uh I-, I like that Haku grows a beard when he becomes a heel.
2: Ooh, well he knows how the game is played.
1: He grew that like chin strap beard once he became a heel.
2: ...all of fights, but it was actually it's actually just black. So, oh. like I-, I thought I thought that a hole had ripped. Exposing black tights underneath, but
1: yeah, no, it's just part of the tights. I
2: don't know what I'm seeing. Yeah,
1: because Hocker's got the same tights on the back. I, I
2: should I should point out the opposition is the Young Stallions, Paul Romer and Jim Powers, who are relatively new as a team at this point. He cares. Well, I'm sure Nobody cares. am somebody does.
1: Nobody cares about Paul Romer until he shows up as a Horseman member. Um, is Bobby Hina wearing a neck brace?
2: Yes, he is, because the Ken Patera thing had happened about a month before this. So Ah, he he's wearing that for like three months in the summer of '87.
1: Nice. I like that he's you know, going on with that gimmick. That's a good. That's a good. That's good Bobby Heenanism right there.
2: He probably wore it to remind himself, hey, I gotta not take bumps on my neck for three months. Give myself a break. Yeah. Otherwise, he would be too tempted if he wasn't wearing that giant bulky neck brace.
1: To take like a snap suplex. He should
2: have, he should have come out in that thing, like what Tom did in Office Space when he got into the accident, where (laughs) it keeps his head perfectly still. You know the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, the halo. Yeah.
1: (laughs) When he, when he, is that a good, he comes out with a jump to conclusions, Matt?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, was that, was that before or after the accident? I can't remember. In a while
1: well, he comes up with the idea for the jump to conclusions map before the accident, but yes. then he makes the prototype after the accident because okay. he's so because he looks at his wife when he's going to kill himself and he realizes he wants to live yes and then he gets that you know six figure settlement from the drunk driver who you know t-bows him and then he comes up with the idea of making a jump to conclusions map mm-hmm. so, you know what i you know what I like is uh that um uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: did you lose your train of thought there?
1: I did. <laughs> damn,
2: et- damn edibles.
1: No, I had a thought. You, you... A, I had a thought, and then I went on my tangent about Office Space. Shit, this friggin' tangent—it did me in.
2: Well, <laughs> I don't just, remember what I was going to say. Just think of King Aku, and it'll come. <laughs> There's something yeah.
1: about Bobby Heenan now. Man, whatever. Man, it doesn't matter. The hell oh, it. Well,
2: I was thinking maybe they could wheel out Heenan on one of those Hannibal Lecter things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. Yeah.
2: By the way, our commentators, who you can probably hear underneath us, are Gorilla and Lord Alfred Hayes, kind of the standard bearers for MSG around this time. Four oh grillies. it's
1: almost like a Styles Clash.
2: That that would have been funny if Haku had invented the Styles Clash move, like here in Madison Square Garden in 1987.
1: He did, and who are you to doubt him?
2: Oh, oh, I would I would never doubt him. I, I like keeping both my eyes and my tongue in my nose.
1: Look at that referee's count. What is that?
2: It was like one, uh, uh, two. I don't know who that referee is. He kind of looks, looks like, like John Bonello, but I don't look like Lanny
1: Poffo. Is it Lanny Poffo? I don't
2: John think. Stossel? I don't think. I don't think Lanny. John Stossel is the referee. You know what? I think this is fake. <laughs> it was part of his settlement after the slap.
1: He, you get to referee a few matches at Madison Square Garden.
2: Uh, Doctor D, David Schultz, and me. The only thing we have in common as human beings is we both want to punch John Stossel in the face.
1: <laughs> Still,
2: yes. <laughs> Even then, Stossel's an unbelievable hypocrite because he writes in a book like, I wish I hadn't sued because I hate that whole you know, culture of people filing lawsuits. And then, then he does that dark side of the ring and it's like, oh, fuck that guy, I hate him. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I always thought that like David Schultz was like a lunatic. Until oh, I watched is. No 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 but until I watched that dark side of the ring and I realized that he actually is like a pretty good guy. <laughs> and that, you know, yeah, he might be like kind of like a crazy, you know, bumpkin or whatever, but he actually didn't seem like that bad of a guy. He just like, you know, kind of got thrown under several buses, you know?
2: Yeah, he he didn't he didn't really play ball politically and guys who do that in wrestling tend to get blackballed. Which is yeah pretty much what he was
1: yeah, but I mean the guy was like he seemed like a pretty decent dude you know what I mean.
2: I, I wondered how much he actually liked being in the wrestling business after a certain point because yeah. if you really liked being in it you there's something inside you that makes you more willing to play ball. Right. Well, but he, mean, he he was his own man. He was basically like Bad News Brown's character but in real life and without any racial elements. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say without uh, yeah, because we'll say I well, I do, I, mean, I, do I do remember Dr. D calling Rocky Johnson boy and, uh, and other stuff like that.
1: Yeah, but Yeah, but Greg Valentine had that uh, had that really awful uh promo about JYD. <laughs> yeah,
2: Greg Valentine is the most like uh, it's like his unspoken racism in '84, '85 WWF, like never <laughs> never gets talked about.
1: Uh, Greg Valentine,
2: Paul Roma has been the face in peril here for approximately fourteen <laughs> minutes.
1: <laughs> I know, and it's like I don't think the hot tag is going to make that much of a difference.
2: I, I they're they're turning him from glory into gory, <laughs> and I don't mean gory Guerrero. Sour and gory.
1: Sour, <laughs> gory. <Ugh. laughs> is that
2: is that the interview where Sean Mooney interrupts Hawk and Hawk like yells at him like, Mooney, don't you ever? No,
1: <laughs> no, that's it for WrestleMania Seven where he just goes, well, power and glory, huh? Uh-huh. Power and glory, uh-huh. or like sour and
2: gory. Glory. <laughs> But there's an interview where he's going, uh, and Sean Mooney interrupts him, and Hawk goes, Mooney, don't you ever. I don't, remember old, which, I don't remember which one that is.
1: That was like a back body drop that that Tama committed on, and then it looks like uh, it's, it's not, Jim Powers like just bailed on halfway through.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Jim Powers sometimes could be a little bit flaky in the ring. Oh, here we go. We got the Look at this! Tag. Look at this! Are they setting oh. up the same move that they lost? But no, nope. backbreaker and then the spl- backbreaker by Haku, splash by Tama, and that's it for Jim Powers. So I love how Roma takes a beating for like twelve minutes, tags out, and Powers loses in like a minute and a half.
1: Oh, and Thomas started dancing like Haku danced that one time.
2: Oh yeah, we need more Haku dancing. Maybe he could bring back that dance when he beats goes over Roman at WrestleMania thirty-seven.
1: Absolutely.
2: i am so in on the haku title reign i can't even think about anything else
1: that's a great gimmick idea like he comes in like i'm telling you he he, it's like the opposite Wayland mercy no it's kind of like a Wayland mercy so he's a badass coming down to the ring the rings the match starts that he's a he's a crazy man and he kills the guy and Mm -hmm. then the match ends and then all of a sudden he starts doing the dance
2: So, wait a minute here. This is the June of 87 MSG show, and we're back to the microphone coming down from the ceiling. But in May of 87, they didn't have the microphone coming down from the ceiling. Oh! There's a sign there that says, Brett the Greaseball Heart. And I I, I have got to take a uh, screen cap of of that, because that's amazing. It, It says... Somebody drew a sign. First of all, Brett is spelled with two T's. Yep. And the grease ball is in quotation marks and in a different color than where it says Brett Hart. But and then that, a... it's, it's
1: orange and green lettering.
2: Yes. So not and there's a can. Colors. There's a can, unbranded, by the way, 10 w 30 motor oil, a yellow can that is dropping oil on what appears to be Brett's head. Anyway,
1: he has the glasses on.
2: Yes. Yeah, Brett wearing just regular sunglasses. Now, this is actually 1986. This is October 20th, 1986. Brett Hart versus Raymond Rougeau at MSG. 13,000, but the Wrestling Observer Newsletter said 9,800. So, wow, an attendance dispute between the World Wrestling Federation and the Wrestling Observer. Where have we seen that before? Of course, go back
1: to <laughs> only every only always um yeah. what's funny so this is brett brett they wwf fell brett with two t's yeah um this is crazy this is like a crazy you know i wish it was jock that's the only thing that would have been awesome is you would have had a brett i versus the Moontie. 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 i'm gonna poor slam you Moontie. <laughs>
2: So this this card was on a Monday night at MSG, because oh. it was October of 86, and I thought, was there a World Series game that night? And no, they were off between game two and three of the Mets-Red Sox World Series. The Red Sox had a two-games-to-none lead at this point. Oh. Yeah.
1: We all know what happens then, folks.
2: Ray Rougeau just stomped on Brett's sunglasses. Ray Rougeau wearing the all-black. I don't remember him wearing that a lot. Who does he think he is? Goldberg? French-Canadian Goldberg. Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene Okerlund are our commentators. I am not a fan of Mean Gene Okerlund doing color commentary.
1: No. No, Miji was much better as an announcer, uh, just a backstage announcer. Or... Yeah.
2: Every, everything else he was really good at, but that one particular thing, not not good at all. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying Duke of Dorchester bad, but I'm saying that you know it was not his forte. Brett's wearing like almost all black too, with just like a pink stripe down the side. You think the referee's going to get confused?
1: Uh, well, one of them's wearing trunks and the other one's wearing tights, so no, I don't think so, but you never know. <laughs> yeah, It's possible.
2: I think it's that same referee who we could, I, I think John Stossel is our special guest referee again.
1: Uh, see? he got part of his settlement.
2: <laughs> yeah, his settlement is he gets to officiate matches. He got approved by the New York State Athletic Commission.
1: I <laughs> think <laughs> it's fake. I, I want to see his referee license. <laughs>
2: Hey, those fuckers had to get actual licenses. It's
1: I mean, crazy. it's crazy. What do you think of that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: Yeah. oh the, the tape video quality is getting a little, uh... Uh-oh. Got some tracking issues here. <laughs> need, I need to spin a, that wheel a little bit, yeah.
1: Remember that? Having to adjust the tracking? Uh, kids these days...
2: <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: Kids these days don't understand the perils we had to go through.
2: Yeah, they, 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 you know, they're so, they're so spoiled. You get one buffering issue watching SummerSlam and kids throw a nutty. It's like, do you, realize, do you realize what we had to do to watch Lanny Poffo Lombardi matches back in 86?
1: But you know what's great? You get one buffing buffering issue while you're sitting on the beach looking at SummerSlam 88 on your cell phone. <laughs> and, you're, <laughs> and you're like, what the hell, man? This sucks.
2: <laughs> you, you, you're throwing a nutty and your day is ruined.
1: Meanwhile, I had to I had to wait if I wanted to record you know Aha's take on me. I had to wait by my radio with my tape cassette waiting, and then I had to hear like you know Maddie in the morning do a bumper in before before the friggin song started, and you know so you'd hear the. <laughs> uh, 62 degrees out now. Uh, it's Monday morning, everybody. WCBD. Blah, 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 blah. And then you'd hear, take on me. And that's what I had on my tape that I had to listen to. Let's
2: let's do the weather. Hindu 62 degrees in Medford. In Watertown, 62 degrees. In Sudbury, 62 degrees. In Weymouth, 62 degrees. Quincy, 62 degrees. Chelsea, all that, 62 degrees. <laughs> Logan Airport. 62 62 degrees. degrees. It's 14 past the hour. 46 away from the top of the
1: hour. Kiss 108. Don't give away. That's what we had to listen to growing up.
2: Yeah. Well, music was was better back then.
1: Yeah, the kids have no idea. Yeah. I like how Brett's, like, a little chunky here. Like, he's a little, you know, he
2: hasn't slimmed down as much. Oh, wait. Are you saying that Brett went through a period (laughs) in 1986 like Shawn Michaels in 1993 where he would sit at the McDonald's drive-thru and be like, hmm, quarter pounder is only $2. (laughs) It was a double cheeseburger,
1: but yes, uh, I mean there was yes. a period of time. Well, I mean he was probably eating a lot of Tim Hortons bagels or Tim Hortons, uh, you know, donuts or whatever. What? Actually, you've been to a Tim Hortons. What do they make at Tim Hortons? Do they make breakfast sandwiches and stuff like that? They,
2: they, they do. Yes, oh, I could very, go for very good, very good breakfast sandwiches. And but I am also fond of the Timbits donuts, which are basically like Munchkins in the Dunkin' Donuts parlance. Yeah. The parlance yeah. of
1: the time. I could really go for a. Like a bagel sandwich or something,
2: right? Oh, now. I could I could definitely go to Tim Hortons. Oh wait, I can't because I can't get into Canada. No. So where was
1: the they, Where was the closest Tim Hortons to when you would go to? Well, did you you didn't drive to Canada? You would fly to Canada.
2: Yeah, I would. You would fly to Bishop Airport in Toronto. Yeah. And then so, I would walk from the airport to my hotel because you could because the airport was like right downtown on an island, and you could walk through the underground tunnel to like the mainland.
1: Yeah, and then would yeah. you um? Would, it and used then, to like, be Tim
2: Hortons in in Maine and Connecticut, but oh really? Really not there anymore. Yeah, huh? One, there's there's actually COVID? well, no, it, it the one in Connecticut closed in 2010, and the ones in uh, Maine closed about three four years ago. Which I was disappointed because I would go there after I would go to like my annual Portland Sea Dogs minor league baseball game. Remember, my, remember minor league baseball? Yeah, there used to be one in Scarborough, Maine, and I would stop there on my way home. But that's not there anymore, and I can't get into Canada. Thank you very much because you know your, you our U.S. passports now are completely worthless except for about twenty countries. Yeah. Which is restrictions, anyway. Well, let, <laughs> let's hey let let's not get political here because that could go down routes that you know. Oh, I'm so offended. I'm so I, whatever.
1: No, no. I was going to say thanks, COVID.
2: I would I would love to I would love to talk about Raymond Rougeau circa 1986, but he might be the most bland dude I have ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing the only the only difference between Raymond Rougeau of this era and Lanny Poffo of this era is. You know, Raymond Rougeau's not trying to suck his own
2: dick. Ah, uh, uh, hickory dickory dock. <laughs> I've now put myself in a mental state where every time Lady Poffo comes up, I have to say, hickory dickory dock. Ah, uh,
1: hickory dickory dock. I can suck my own cock.
2: <laughs> he, really, he really should have used Enos as a gimmick name. <laughs> so we could use, there once was a man name, Enos. But, hey, you know...
1: There once was a man named Poffo who was really good at giving Boppo.
2: <laughs> I don't know what that's supposed to mean.
1: <laughs> We're just gonna say it means self-oral pleasification
2: Yeah. You, you and you and your you and your Lanny Poffo thing. It has to be once every show.
1: There's nothing wrong with Lanny Poffo.
2: <laughs> well, other than you know, that other one. than that, and I the get, other thing,
1: and the and the other thing, and the other thing.
2: <laughs> well, what do you
1: want me to do? What, what do
2: I know about well, what do I know about the Lanny Poff? What do I know about podcasting? Uh, you Want me to be partner? You, you want me to?
1: What, what, what do I know about podcasting? Huh? An hour and
2: twenty minutes without any good Without any good fellas talk.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that lasted a lot. That lasted a lot longer than any other week. <laughs> Yeah, oh, nice Mildrive.
2: He just does the slowly fall back thing. Is Raymond Rougeau going to beat Bret Hart cleanly in this match? Because I did not look up the finish of this one.
1: Something tells me this goes to like a double, a double count out.
2: Oh no, I want it to be a time limit draw just to piss you off. <laughs>
1: I mean, seriously, why is every Bret Hart match a non-finish on these matches? On these. Bret,
2: Bret Hart's career record on the best of WWF volumes is like three wins, three losses. Oh,
1: it's not any
2: ten, ten draws.
1: There's no wins. It's either a loss or a draw. He, he lost- won the battle royal. Oh, he did win the battle royal. That's right. Yeah. Four. Oh no, he's gonna win.
2: Oh he, yeah, he won with the feet yeah. on the rope. Uh, Heal
1: Brett. Yeah, Brett's yeah. definitely a little chunky here. Like he didn't, he didn't slim, but he was kind of heavy when he was in the heart Foundation too. And then it, once it was, it was like ninety. Once it was like summer of 90, 91 is where he really started to slim down. Dude, that that referee is clearly John Stossel. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah, Brett does look like a little little chunky. He's kind of like Jud. Does he look more like Jud Nelson from The Breakfast Club at this point? <laughs> sure. They, they, I, I want him to throw a fist in the air and the camera to freeze Dun, on him He's walking away to the back.
1: Hey, hey, hey! hey. Oh yeah, there, 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 there he, is. he is, your hero,
2: Tito Santana, hero. taking on dope. the Macho Man. Oh my Man.
1: God! Are you kidding me? Yep. Yes. Oh, <laughs> this is this is the be- wait. What volume is this? Thirteen. This is my favorite volume.
2: What, because of Tito challenging Savage for the Intercontinental title, December 10th, 86?
1: We have Tito and Savage. We had that fucking Piper Coke promo. (laughs) We had two Islanders matches. We had Heel Brett. This is my favorite fucking tape.
2: Are you sure? Because there was two Fabulous Moolah matches. Oh, my God, God, look look at him.
1: Look Look at him. Look at fucking Savage. Look at the look at the Cody's going on. I love that coat.
2: That that robe where Savage is written vertically, like a, yes. like it's a word search.
1: Look, how hot, look at how hot Elizabeth is. <laughs> ten down. Yeah, Macho Man.
2: <laughs> oh, we're okay. We're going to shoot down Elizabeth's dress. All right, I'm fine with that. The, uh, the wait, there. Is the uh,
1: the the crossword clue is it's it's uh, six letters. And the word the clue is just macho. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to know what it is. It's like and it's got a V in it. <laughs> that's the only letter you know. You're like, Oh, that's Savage. Yeah. Look at
2: so this is a classic confrontation. Tito is wearing the red. As I said, December tenth, eighty six, this is a challenge taping in Tucson, Arizona, through eight thousand. Oh, oh look at that! Look at that sign. It says Nacho Man, a chilling uh-huh. vision of things to come. Yes. <laughs> we see the Nacho Man in those skits. Uh, those, yeah. Uh, billionaire Ted. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: The the huckster and the Nacho Man. Did you like those?
1: Uh not really.
2: I think one, I think like one or two of them was was kind of good, but then the rest of them, it's like, why are you doing this? Why are you, are you devoting, devoting all that? this airtime?
1: Well, whoever the actor was that played Ted Turner, I just remember yeah. him he just like, rang, 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 rang. I was just like, ugh. It was like, and the only person you knew that thought it was funny was Vince.
2: Well, yeah. It's like an audience of one. For sure.
1: I like Savage's like olive green tights he's got on right here. It's oh, green. nice, yeah. Yeah. No, he's, ah, oh, Intercontinental Champ Savage was so friggin' awesome. Like, this guy, this guy was so good. Right in the middle of the
2: ring the ropes. Oh, we got Craig DeGeorge on the play-by-play here, to line up and I think he's—I he's, think he's, I think he's there I'm solo the too. It's yeah, just. Landy, oh.
0: the intercontinental champion, again he beats Santana in what became a major event in the demise of Danny Davis as a referee later.
2: Oh, we've now retconned Santana the Danny Davis, Davis, Davis thing into this, even though that whole thing happened Danny. before Danny life, they were doing the angle. Free Dave Hebner. Oh, oh, great. Yeah, we that's
1: Steve, Dave. Oh. It's not Earl. It's Dave.
2: Okay, okay. All, right. So all right. Dave
1: isn't as That'll bad happen. as Earl. Well, I'm just letting you know, Dave isn't yeah. as bad as Earl.
2: Well, yeah, that is true. Now, Tito, stop. Yeah, Savage is kind of do with the Memphis Lovely. stalling bit to, to start. Tito's like, yeah, I got this under control. I, my, this is Tucson, Arizona, where they have a Tito Santana day every year on August 27th.
1: I mean, let me just put it to this way. I'm like a tennis match right now going back and forth between Savage and Chico. It's it's amazing.
2: Are you saying that we should just watch a Savage versus Tito compilation tape?
1: I'm on I'm – you know what? If you gave me a yes – if I could I would love to make my own compilation tape. It would be it would be Savage, it would be Chico, it would be Bad News Brown, it would be obviously Haku. <laughs>
0: uh
1: maybe put, put the Twin Towers on there. <laughs> Twin Towers and the Rockers. That's <laughs> okay. that one match. Yeah. And uh we're obviously we're not gonna talk about who's not on that tape.
2: Mula. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want more Moolah matches in the 70s.
1: Hogan, let's not put Hogan on there.
2: Can okay. we get a
1: couple Can we get a couple more Killer Kowalski matches?
2: <laughs> okay. Sure. We can find them.
1: Oh, boy. Look at this. This is
2: great. Savage is putting in that cat and mouse game where he's spending more time on the outside threatening the fans and all that. Good stuff. Good stuff.
1: This is from when again?
2: December 10th, 1986. So he is the champion. Uh, we, did, we did see him with the belt earlier, but obviously by the time this tape is released, he's in... I think this tape was released about the time he was turning face. Somebody, somebody asked about that with uh, OVP point, uh, posting the clip on their Twitter. It said, was there one moment when Savage turned face? And I suggested when he went after Jimmy Hart in the locker room. Because I think at the time, that would have been enough to turn anybody's face.
1: Yeah, I would think so. You know what would have been awesome? Is if Tito and him had like a best two out of three falls match at WrestleMania 3 instead of uh, Ricky Steamboat. because that, that Wait match a minute, are
2: you year. actually suggesting that we should rebook WrestleMania 3 to
1: not have Savage in Steamboat? Only if it's Tito and him in a two out of three falls match.
2: <laughs> wow, you 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 have been drinking that Tito Kool Aid, which probably has jalapenos <laughs> in it. <laughs> Chico's the word. No,
1: what I'm saying is this. Hold on, hear me out. Okay. If this
2: it's, is it's, this is the most ridiculous thought you've ever had.
1: I can't believe I'm about to say this. Too many it cheeseburgers. Ha- no, it has to do with the fact that that t- that Ricky Steamboat. You know, three months after winning the Intercontinental Title, decided to not wrestle anymore because he wanted to go home and watch the birth of his son because he right. couldn't, you know, because he couldn't tell his wife where her pl- her proper place. Oh yes. <laughs> no, that's, no, no, that's not no, that's not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was whipped. He he was whipped. Yeah. We could say that, yeah.
1: But so now, having having known the future, you obviously you don't want to give T- you don't want to give Ricky Steamboat the title because then he's going to just duck and leave. I mean, the idea behind yeah. it was that. Steamboat was going to have a nice lengthy reign and then lose it to a worthy contender afterwards. Not just have it drop to a fucking shithead like the Honky Tonk Man for mm-hmm. freaking fourteen months. So Vince Vince finds out that he's going to be, you know, going out after that, right? Okay. So what he does instead of that. So instead of it being Ricky Steamboat, they have to come up with a suitable replacement for WrestleMania. And enter Tito Sant- Tito Santana. You gotta give a hook to this. Have it be two out of three falls. Now Tito versus Tito versus Randy, two out of three falls at WrestleMania three. That is an amazing match. Goes down in history as one of the as the greatest intercontinental title matches of all time. And then you have, and then eventually after you know when Steamboat comes back, then you play up the Steamboat Savage thing. You could still have Savage be a heel. Savage could retain over Santana. Continue his you know historic title reign as the Intercontinental Champion, and the more I talk about this, the stupider it sounds. So let's just get up.
2: Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and fuck my sister. <laughs>
1: hmm.
2: Interesting. I like your I like your comments, and I'd
1: like to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> uh, yeah, would
2: was- You know, I, I really wanted to stop you halfway through that little diatribe where yeah. you wanted. Cancel Steamboat Savage at WrestleMania three. But with that being said, I wanted to just let you um, let you continue talking. But uh, <laughs>
1: and then hopefully, I, I, hopefully I come to the conclusion that that was the worst idea I've ever had.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and you and you eventually got there. It took a little bit longer. But what I what I really wanted was to, and I I texted you about this the other day where. I wanted to, um, I, w- I wanted to add a, add a drop. Like, I, I would love to create a soundboard for this so I could drop stuff in. Yeah, to, to various things. And yeah. sometimes you go on Jags. Like, I don't think they should have had Savage versus Steamboat at WrestleMania three. So that if I could just drop this one in from Chosen at Wrestle at uh, WrestleMania two, <laughs> Karate Kid two. Yeah, it's, I got it queued up. When he yells, no talking! <laughs> <laughs> no talking! That kills me every time because they take Daniel and, and Miyagi to this airplane oh. hangar where, like, Sato's waiting in some sort of back room and just emerges. I'm sorry. I love that movie so
1: much. <laughs> it's, it's such a good movie. I love how I just tried to like eliminate the greatest title match in the history of wrestling. I, like, I'm what trying the hell?
2: to draw people's attention away from the fact that you're like, yeah, I don't think that match should have been. Like held.
1: this isn't this isn't me saying I want to rebook SummerSlam '95 and have actually have Sid versus Michaels. Like what the hell am I talking about, Pete? I know. I, 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 didn't, I must not have gotten enough sleep. I, I just lost all credibility as a wrestling fan. I, I just wanted to cancel the greatest match of all time.
2: And as you just saw here, the uh, match ended in a count out finish with Savage prevailing.
1: I guess it's just I was, I was on a Tito high. I'm sorry. Tito high.
2: <laughs> Is that like uh, an edible and a Tito's vodka? A Tito high? Yes.
1: Yeah. Imagine if Tito if Tito Santana found out that I wanted to book him at WrestleMania three, he would be mad at me. Like he would be like,
2: brother, what do you say, brother? <laughs> like, never, never purchase my cameo again. Oh, we get the dramatic Coliseum closing credits music again. Which I know I do this every single time, but yeah, I, I like. It. Oh, great leather and I guess we're going to get a upcoming releases on Coliseum video at the end here
1: who was the special thanks go out to this week
2: I don't know but there's Moolah in that special uh, that you've won a be- second prize in a beauty contest oh.
1: look at the look at the look at Vince right there the disgust
2: yeah and it said special thanks to Vince McMahon on the screen as that picture was on there ah <laughs> oh, such good stuff I enjoyed this tape except for the Moolah stuff I did too. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> I we remember this match.
2: <laughs> wait, well, well, oh well, yes, best of WWF Volume Fourteen. We've already covered that. Oh, wait. I guess it's not the same pose as the second prize in a beauty contest, but you know, I, I guess I Mandela affected that or something. I don't know. Yeah, so now, now we're watching the exact same thing that we watched uh, a couple of weeks ago. Ah, oh, yes. Sal Palomo versus Keenan. Yeah.
1: This ring, this Matt classic.
2: They usually do three tapes though on the coming, coming soon to Coliseum video. So we're going to get two probably that we haven't seen. And then we will ponder which volume we want to watch next. They just show Heenan getting uh, the crap kicked out of him here by Balomo, even though we know what the finish is. I, I would never subject you to a George the Animal Steel Colosseum video because that kind of feels Johnny One Note. In and out
1: of the like, ring. What, what, what was this? What was this volume? This wasn't on volume
2: fourteen. No, no, this is a different tape. It was just a George Steele tape.
1: Oh, it is. Yes. Oh God, no, please, that's awful. Oh, look at that.
2: Yeah, Elizabeth Elizabeth being th- uh, used as a human shield there. His unusual style, yes, that of kind of a wannabe sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> with a turnbuckle fetish.
1: His unusual diet.
2: That was one thing that I, I saw on the primetime in 87. He's teaming with JYD. And Gorilla calls the turnbuckle thing with George Steele a, quote, fetish. <laughs> oh. The most embarrassing moments, which is... Is that Johnny V? Embarrassing haircuts. Yeah, Johnny V getting his head shaved partly by Brutus Beefcake from the May 2nd, 1987 superstars. I love the referee just kind of standing there. Yeah.
1: yeah. You would think that the referee would just be like, all right, enough of that, Brutus." That's a big
0: bulldog bark. Come Come on, on, Linda McMahon.
2: bark. <laughs> that is that's not better, McMahon. Linda McMahon. I made the mistake. McMahon. I made I made that mistake that's once. A, it's not you're, Linda you're McMahon. They got a look alike to, dog to, to dog. play to Vince's fetishes.
0: Let me see. How
2: about a great big dog? A great big great Dane dog. Now
1: this is your
2: Yeah. Get down so on and that, all so on that
1: biggest embarrassments tape, yeah. right? Yes. Is it all the DiBiase vignettes where he embarrasses people? Because would they have to give money to Rob Van Dam? <laughs>
2: um, I don't then, know how that would work with these special guests. Probably probably not.
1: Would it count? Like, he could say technically he should get royalties. I mean, he should ask Jesse Ventura about
2: that. <laughs> you know, I I would have to look up what the... What the, uh, <laughs> the uh, what the uh, what the weird. law is on that? Uh, that that there are a lot of segments on that on that tape, like a literal literally a ton of them. On so, the
1: most embarrassing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I can't even fit them all in a screenshot on my phone, but yeah, Ted DiBiase has a kid dribble a basketball. Was actually the last segment on there. That's
1: isn't that that's Rob Van Dam, right?
2: No, that's no. Rob Van Dam is kissing the feet.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Oh, and, yeah. A kid dribbling the basketball where he kicks it out at, like, what? He tells him to do 12. Yeah. And then he kicks it out of like, 11 or something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that one is not on here. I don't see that. But then again, these may, might be incomplete. But we're we're not watching most embarrassing moments, even though it has three Terry Funk matches back to back to back.
1: Oh, is it because it, it's probably a lot of talking, right? It's a lot of talking segments. No talking. <laughs> no talking. <laughs> um, all right. So wait, I have to pick now. What we're gonna watch next?
2: Well, do do you, or do or do you want me to decide? Because I have one queued up.
1: Oh, if you have one queued up, then let you
2: decide. All right. We're ne- next time we're gonna watch Volume Seven. Okay. What? Which is mostly stuff from 1986, although there is, there are a couple of matches from the late 70s on there. <laughs> so you get your Tony Gurria fetish out of the way.
0: <laughs> Tony Gurria!
2: There's a match uh, from the 1980 show at Shea Stadium. Oh. But not, there, there's not any Bruno Larry on there. And but what funny. I'm interested... What I'm interested in is the main event of the tape, which I'm not going to tell you what it is. Is actually a heel versus heel match.
1: Oh, really? And
2: I, and I and I kind of want to see that, and I I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Is
1: it, is it Fuji Heenan? No.
2: So, oh God, if Fuji Heenan ever saw the light of day from '91, like, like I. I <laughs> I would I would have a G might lose it? I would have a G one <laughs> climax in my pants.
1: A G one climax. a G Spot One climax.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now of course I mean yeah, while I've said we're gonna watch best of volume seven, I, I could always just pull a surprise on you and we watch Karate Kid 2. <laughs> no, no talking. <laughs> no
1: talking. <laughs> You, you, uh, you know which
2: other random character I love from Karate Kid 2 is when they're in the cab, w- when they get the cab from the airplane hangar and they're trying to get to the uh, Tomy Village and they go through the airbase and yeah. you get that Gomer Pile guy who, yeah. like, it's like, Sir, hey, where, are you, Tomi going? Village? Oh, where are you going? Where you going? Tomie Village. Tommy Village? Never heard of it. This is a, Sir, a, a deep airbase. You're standing on it, corporal. Get him out of here.
1: Right, right. <laughs> Go
2: out
1: there and take a ride. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that guy sucks. He doesn't even know where he. Tommy Village, <laughs> never heard of it.
2: Yeah, well, I think
1: I'll t- man, I'll tell you, Karate Kid Two. I think didn't you just do it the other day? where you are like, what four movies do I love more than anybody else? And one of them was Karate Kid Two.
2: <laughs> yeah, I will put my Karate Kid Two love up against a- a- anybody else's. Okay, I, guess I guess
1: there's. I guess there's. I guess there's a lot of. of-
2: yeah, there's a lot of support out there for Brewster's Millions, but Karate Kid, Karate Kid 2, I think I definitely have an edge on everybody.
1: Um, I probably would say you probably do, yeah, because I, I don't know many people that that... Although we're not saying what's your favorite Karate Kid. We're just saying what movie you love more than probably anybody else.
2: There was a period of time in my life where I enjoyed Karate Kid 2 more than the original one. Uh, that, that's not really the case anymore. But I love that movie so much, and we would have to. The only problem with me and you doing a podcast on that is the movie is probably what an hour and forty-five minutes. I'd say. Yeah, we would have to block off like, like we generally record these in the morning, and you know it'll it takes us about you know a little bit longer than what the tape is, so like an hour and forty-five, hour and fifty minutes. I would need to block off an entire afternoon just for discussing Sato's face turn at the end of the movie. And, and how sudden it is, how he's hung up on his honor for 45 years and he gets saved from one fucking bad rainstorm and, uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's, he turns you know, into a baby face. Maybe we, maybe
1: we should save that for Karate Kid part two, part two. Yeah. <laughs> GFA <laughs> So we do, it's a clip, we end, we end part one on a cliffhanger, when the end, and the ending of the cliffhanger is where they start, where it's like he, you know, Miyagi accepts his fate that he has to fight Sato that night. So that's where we end part one. And then we do GFA Live, Karate Kid Part Two, Part Two, picks up where we (laughs) left off, and it talks about it, you go into your 20 minute, your 20 minute diatribe of About Sato's face.
2: I'm just saying it was a little sudden, and when you make changes like that in your life, you should be very concerned, especially for an older gentleman like Sato.
1: Absolutely. You know what's going on. Why is he changing like that? That's a good idea.
2: I like this idea. Let's let's go with this. And 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 not only not only that. Okay, but at, at that part where Sato gives Miyagi the deed to the village to make it safe forever. Miyagi now fucking owns like this huge chunk of Okinawa. How come what that I, never gets talked about later on?
1: What I think is really funny is you just went, he gets d to Village, not yeah. to the Village. You went, he gives him d to Village. So you're basically... Yeah. You're just, you're just using, oh, d to Village.
2: So Miyagi, <laughs> Miyagi owns this giant tract of land just outside an airbase. Yeah. In, in, in Okinawa. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the tax situation is maybe, on maybe that.
1: That'll, maybe that'll come up in Cobra Kai season three. We'll will we'll branch off into Daniel son owning, you know, Daniel LaRusso, and his and the ownership of the Okinawan village, uh, Toby Village. Maybe yeah. that will come up at season three.
2: Actually, you you know what it was? He probably sold the village off in pieces. He subdivided it and then sold it off so that he could open that uh, bonsai tree store in in Kid Three think so yeah when daniel is 28 years old and has a giant ass and he's hanging out with the 17 year old girl
1: and he's still and he's still fighting in the under 18 all valley tournament yeah. yeah
2: where he inexplicably gets a bye to the finals which is so unbelievably bullshit
1: well like, I, mean, I mean yeah you know what because even hogan and andre only got a bye to the second round
2: yeah <laughs> oh is that the is that the canon we talk about for where daniel should have been placed in the tournament <laughs>
1: Well, let's put it this way. In the three tournaments that we've that I remember watching live, you had you had Hogan and Andre got a buy into the second round. The Undertaker and Hogan were able to pick between numbers twenty and twenty and third, twenty one and thirty in the rumble, and then I believe the Undertaker and Kane had a buy in the second round and then and the ninety in the, what was it, the 99 Survivor nine, Series. Nine, 98, 98 Survivor, Survivor series. series. It's a
2: deadly game!
1: That's right. So, it, so if I'm going by my canon, yeah, he should have at least gotten around into the second, buy into the second round.
2: But He's all the, the way to the finals? I mean, that basically no, meant the other guy had to fight had to fight six times and daniel only has to fight once
1: that's basically the equivalent of the mike tyson's punch out where you would go all the way up and fight super macho man you'd beat super macho man you're like the champion and then you just get your ass kicked by mike tyson who's been sitting in the ring sitting alongside the ring making kissy faces at uh robin
2: gibbons, Whatever
1: it was, gibbons. <laughs> yeah i almost <laughs> said robin <laughs> thick
2: <laughs> well, there's some been... blurred lines there. No, some, of... some
1: blurred lines with Tyson.
2: well In in in, in indeed. Yes.
1: And on that note. <laughs>
2: yeah. Wow. So this 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 was this was quite a volume. And yeah, next time we'll be doing best of the the World Rustling Federation
1: <laughs> World volume Ross- 7. World, gotta say it right. World Rustling Federation. Yeah. <laughs> Rustling
2: i, I got to admit, we're probably saving Volume 1 for the end, because I know you're dreading it.
1: Um, Wait, that's... No, I'm not dreading it. I think that whatever you want to... I, I will leave it up to you. Um, I, I am at the mercy of you. I'm at your the mercy of your court. So whatever you choose, I will gladly enjoy and watch with great anticipation. So... <laughs>
2: Even though even though I should probably have you replaced after your, I want to bump Savage Steamboat off the WrestleMania Let's, 3 card.
1: Never mind that. Never mind that. Let's never talk about this again.
2: Should I, like, edit that where I just bleep you the entire time that you're, you're saying you, that? It's like two please, and a half minutes of bleeps.
1: Can you please? Because, I, you know, what's the sad thing is that I'm going to listen to this later on when you post <laughs> this, and then I'm going to be screaming at the radio like I scream at everything else.
2: Well, but if to go, what an idiot! <laughs> all I have to say is, kids out there, if you don't want to uh, have opinions and thoughts like that, don't take edibles and don't get a $2 double cheeseburger at McDonald's and, along with a McFlurry mocha chip or whatever it was.
1: And that leads me to my next thing, kids. Yeah. Don't smoke crack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and don't go trick-or-treating at Roddy Piper's house because he just gives you an eight ball of cocaine and... Uh, <laughs> It's not. It's not healthy for your. Uh, no. for, your at, for your at-home learning on your it on your is, Zoom session. Certainly is not. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Keithy. I I think for for joining me here today. And and if and if you loved our brand of nonsense, please, if you had if you are able to, on the Apple Podcast review, please give it five stars. It provides those other social proof that you are listening to and enjoying this podcast. Getting rid of Savage Steve. Or give me a break. Anyway, let's let's wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. And tune in next time for another exciting episode of GFA Live.
1: Break up my party.